You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 84, Be the One Human Trafficking Awareness Campaign. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, we have another voice with us today who is going to help us to broaden our perspective on human trafficking awareness. And I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce her. Well, I'm delighted to introduce a friend, a colleague, and really a hero in the anti-human trafficking battle here in Southern California. Lita Mercado is the Program Director for Human Trafficking at Community Service Programs, Inc. in Orange County. And Lita, welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I was very excited last week to join you and many of the other partners from the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force at the launch of the Be The One um, Orange County Transportation Authority Awareness Campaign. But we didn't get to that launch without a lot of hard work. And do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do at CSP? Sure. Well, uh, CSP has been a nonprofit here in Orange County for over 42 years and has been a little under the radar with regards to our work providing supportive services to victims of violent crime. And in approximately 2004, we uh, sort of ratcheted up our efforts on specifically providing services and providing education and awareness around the issue of human trafficking here in Orange County. And there were many people and many agencies at the table back in 2004 um, who really didn't know a lot about the issue um, ourselves, but knew that it existed. We had seen some of the survivors already um, and wanted to be more proactive about addressing the issue in Orange County. So CSP is the lead nonprofit for the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force. We're the lead uh, victim service agency, and we partner with the Anaheim Police Department and the Salvation Army and the Huntington Beach Police Department as our uh, primary funded partners to do prevention, education, um, arrest, and prosecution of uh, trafficking victims and survivors here in Orange County. Um, and we have the great honor and privilege of administering the task force. So we wanted to be able to make sure that when people wanted to know what was happening with regards to fighting human trafficking in Orange County, they, we wanted to be able to give them a person to call, a, a, a name to know, and a person to contact with. So we created a position uh, titled the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force Administrator. And um, so we're primarily responsible for that in addition to the victim service uh, service. And I 
would like to also say that we're the statewide trainers on the human trafficking of minors, specifically to law enforcement and victim advocates. And we've been doing that particular work uh, since 2010, providing training to law enforcement, which, as we all know, is a crucial uh, component to the work being done. Well, and I want to give a shout out to Renetta Johnson, who is the overall director for the Victim Um, assistance program at CSP. And for those who don't know my background in a in an earlier time, few years back, I actually served in the role as administrator of the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force. And being able to serve in that role under the leadership of community service programs, it was where it put us um, decades ahead of other groups who were just beginning to understand a victim centered approach because by the very nature of the victim assistance program, it was victim-centered. And so we were rooted in that from the beginning, and it shaped a lot of who I am in the battle against human trafficking. So thank you very much for your contribution to my um, education and development. Oh, well, it's definitely our honor, and it is another testament to really what I think puts Orange County apart from other counties and agencies doing this work across the country is that in Orange County, there certainly is a collaborative spirit, both in with individuals working collaboratively and agencies being able to work collaboratively. So as you're, you know, in your new roles and your new life, we're still able to continue those partnerships and make additional partnerships because each of us have grown in these different paths and we're able to access more people to provide the education, you know, garner more interest in the community. And I I truly think it's peerless the way that we do the work in Orange County. We have victim advocates who sit inside and work inside police departments who work hand in hand with law enforcement, which better allows each of those roles to understand their, um, their responsibilities and, and their limitations and their expertise and we're really, really able to respect each other's work and trust what everyone is doing, allowing folks to really receive the comprehensive services that they need. You know, CSP knows we can't do this alone. Anaheim Police Department knows they can't do it alone. As a matter of fact, the task, the task force knows it can't be done alone. We need individual community members. We need the faith-based community. We need everyone to do their part, even if it's just getting themselves educated or spreading the word or just as simple as knowing the hotline number for in case anyone needs it or wants it. So I I really do think that Orange County is a model program um, that can be duplicated across this country and the globe with, with enough time and effort and really, really dedicated people who are putting the work first above and beyond, you know, logos and missions and, and all of the other, uh, political stuff that can sometimes get in the way when you do work and have to compete for funding. Well, I am thrilled to be part of the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force. I was excited at the launch last week of Be the One to Help Out. I have a t-shirt. I don't usually wear t-shirts, but I'm going to wear that one. And (laughs) the, the, tell us about how that happened and the bus and who were the speakers. Can you give us a rundown on how it all came together? Sure. Well, I'll start with the the culmination moment, which was on uh, last Wednesday. 
we did host a, um, a joint press conference with the task force members and the Orange County Transportation Authority so that we could both launch the Be The One awareness campaign and uh, release the Human Trafficking Victim Report of 2014. And so how we got to this is, you know, years in the making and, you know, really started from that very beginning in 2004, making these relationships and getting to know agencies um, and how they can help and what they can do to help and gaining respect and trust. And it has just built and built. Um, our Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force Administrator, her name is Lynn Tran. Uh, she, she's a brilliant researcher. Um, and she uh, took it upon herself um, a couple of years ago to reach out to the OCTA. This is a partner, you know, that is, has been aware of us, but we just haven't had a formal connection. Um, and she sort of just began the conversation with the contacts about how important it is for, you know, the Orange County community to be aware of this issue and that the bus drivers, uh, the coach operators, as they're called, are the eyes on the street, and we'd love for them to consider getting trained or allowing us to provide them with some information. Um, and at, sort of at the same time, maybe a month or two after these conversations began, we had an unfortunate incident. Um, well, fortunately, the survivor did escape her situation, but um, when she escaped, she literally fled from her uh, personal situation and flagged down an OCTA bus, jumped on board, and started to ask for help. Um, and now that person did receive the assistance that uh, they were looking for. Um, but we had a whole other set of people at the OCTA that were now personally impacted by human trafficking literally on their bus. Um, and so the two things happening at the same time really sort of upped the ante in the administration of OCTA that indeed they did need to consider, seriously consider, being more proactive um, in their community. So uh, this allowed for all of us to get in a room and some of our wonderful, wonderful VIPs that work with the task force helped us to convene these meetings, um, and many of them were at our press conference on Wednesday. Um, so on Wednesday, we had the mayor of the city of Anaheim was there, and one of our guests, uh, one of the prominent speakers, the district attorney, Mr. Tony Rakakis, was there as a headliner as one of our speakers. Of course, CSP representatives were there speaking. Uh, the, the CEO of the OCTA um, also took a moment to say a few words. Uh, the sheriff herself, Sheriff Sandra Hutchinson, also um, participated and uh, was part of our, our speaking engagement. Um, and then Supervisor Todd Spitzer, who was also on the OCTA board, um, played, played a crucial role. And so it's important to know who these players are, not only because they're VIPs in the community, key stakeholders who are interested in fighting human trafficking, but um, for those of you who know CSP and the work that we do, you know that all of those people that I just mentioned were players that, that the task force has connected with in years past and built relationships in years past. Um, 
and have, you know, we can call them now after, you know, decades of working together and say, hey, we're doing this great campaign and we really need some of our key stakeholders in the community to stand up and speak on behalf of this. And, you know, without question, they they are there. As a matter of fact, we had envisioned this sort of being a, a small, you know, a small press conference. We'd invite some media, hopefully get somebody there. Um, and OCTA and perhaps myself, we'd say a few words. And as soon as word got out that this was our plan, you know, uh, several of these key stakeholders came to us and said, hey, if you're going to do something, uh, you know, I want to make sure that my office is a part of that. And um, I mean, what a blessing to have all of these key stakeholders um, agree to be there um, and be extremely anxious and excited. And the press conference was originally supposed to be 10 minutes long. I want to say it was about 40 minutes long yeah. <laughs> in the end. <laughs> well, and it was a great opportunity to visualize the collaborative effort. And the bus was, um, the to describe how you designed the wrap for the bus, because the whole bus is a moving awareness campaign. It is. I don't even know that uh, words can dis- do justice to this bus. It, it is amazing. And um, what we did is we had several sort of brainstorming meetings talking about um, the, the type of the type of information we wanted to make sure that was on the materials. Now, I should say the Be The One campaign is several different components. Um, the, the, one of the components is obviously this bus that is wrapped from front to end um, in awareness materials for, um, for the task force and for human trafficking. Um, Be The One is actually a slogan that it's inherent uh, within the OCTA um, culture that is the slogan that they use internally for their major campaigns as they, um, as they address and tackle issues. So that came from them um, and was an obvious natural fit. Um, and so we decided to conclude it with Be The One to help out because we, we didn't want just people to be aware. We wanted people to, to be called to action. We didn't want to spend you know, the amount of money it takes to wrap a bus from front to end without giving people a call to action and something to do. So now this campaign has this huge bus with the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force logo, um, an actress who, uh, you know, a very pro- all done professionally, you know, that we had a marketing department, a PR department um, come in and do the official designs, um, you know, paid someone fair wages, of course, to do mm-hmm. the, um, the, the, to be the actual face, quote unquote, um, on, on the bus. And um, it, it's just, it, I just can't even explain how massive it is. And I received an email this morning, as a matter of fact, from a colleague saying, hey, I'm so excited. Um, I just stopped at coffee and a huge bus with you know, be the one and uh, human trafficking just drove by. And I just thought to myself, I wonder if that's something we're involved in. And she says, and there it was, you know, everyone's logo right there. And it was just really, really impressive. And people at uh, the coffee shop were uh, pointing and commenting. So, I mean, what a, what a fantastic um, awareness tool. But um, not only do we have a bus wrapped from front to end, but every single one of the OCTA buses has uh, placards or these inside um, advertisements 
that are smaller versions of the wrap um, that say be the one to help out, list a couple of indicators, and always have the uh, National Human Trafficking Hotline number on it. They are in English and in Spanish. Um, and then there are professionally made brochures, both English and Spanish, with the same materials that are all at all the transportation centers. And finally, um, and maybe even you know primarily, uh, the approximately 1,200 coach operators for the OCTA are currently being trained on human trafficking. OCTA has a requirement for all of their coach operators to attend an annual training, um, and 2014 is dedicated to human trafficking. So every month, um, four times a month, there is a training that each of their coach operators needs to attend um, in order to keep their uh, licensure current. And it is a human trafficking training on possible indicators of human trafficking and the appropriate response protocol that the OCTA wants each of the coach operators to follow. So it's truly immense and amazing. Well, and this kind of leads into my next question. Over the years, as you've generated more and more awareness and community engagement in Orange County, how has that impacted identification and intervention with victims who become survivors? And I think it was brilliant to release the 2014 stats at the same event. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I think this has been interesting. I think you're, you asked two questions really about how it has helped to increase the identification and also how it has helped with the ongoing support of uh, victims becoming survivors. And the first is, I mean, the, the numbers have been increasing every year. The numbers have been increasing of victims being identified. Numbers have been increasing with the numbers of perpetrators being arrested and prosecuted. Uh, with the um, addition of the Orange County District Attorney's Office in 2013, um, now, you know, for, forgive the saying, but we have teeth to the work that we're doing here. You know, mm -hmm. before we're doing prevention and education and awareness and we're supporting victims and we're, you know, arresting perpetrators. But if your County District Attorney's Office is not willing, interested, and or able to prosecute these cases, then it's really a lot for nothing. Now, did, and, you, um, did you include yeah. statistics on how many prosecutions there were last year? Uh, yeah, you know what, I'm not, I'm not sure I have. Um, I, I know that, let's see, what I have here is um, in 2011, 24 human trafficking related arrests were made. Every single one of the prosecutors, excuse me, every single, single one of the perpetrators were prosecuted. And in 2013, that number more than doubled to 52 um, arrests and filed cases with 48 of them being prosecuted. So um, right now, actually, if our district attorney's office files a human trafficking related charge and um, they are batting a thousand, and you know, I'm knocking on wood as I say that, they have not lost the case once. Um, wow. Now, there's, of course, you know, a lot to say about what, um, what cases they're able to file versus those that they're not able to file. But this is a significant difference to, you know, quote, the person on the street who is doing this type of despicable crime as, you know, in 2009, they can do this and feel fairly positive. No one's going to, 
you know, arrest them. And if they are arrested, nothing's going to happen to them. And now in 2014, I am 100% positive if we have an identified victim of human trafficking and their, you know, the law enforcement has access to their perpetrator, that person is going to serve a significant amount of time for what they've done. I'm 100% positive because it is that they are taking it that serious. Um, and as a matter of fact, we've had a couple of what we, we thought this was a little bit funny. Um, we have seen a couple of instances where uh, pimps and traffickers have been warning each other about Orange County. So we have text messages that they're able to pull off of cell phones saying things like, don't come to Orange County, it's too hot. Um, a Facebook posting saying, don't recruit off of, off of the internet because Orange County will bust you. Um, so of course, we've kept those as sort of proud mementos that, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, the, the word is reaching the streets too. And they are uh, forced to really reconsider if this is where they want to be um, you know, victimizing citizens here in Orange County. And that's one of the reasons why I felt like it was really important to hear this on this podcast, where we kind of spread um, this kind of best practice model in other areas. Because I think what we've done in Orange County as a community is something that is is replicatable. When you mm -hmm. work hard and you find the people who have the resources to professionally provide for victims, um, following best practice models, staying within um, legal parameters so that everybody is um, certified and everybody has the kind of credentials that they need. Because I know a lot of people want to do something, but how do they do that when they aren't a social worker, when they um, don't have the, the credentials, they're not law enforcement, and what you've done um, in leading at what CSP has done in leading here in Orange County is created a place where everybody can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. And that is actually the second part of your earlier question with regards to um, the aftercare. So, you know, not one agency can provide all of the different types of aftercare services that that one person might need. Um, they don't there's just no capacity for that. There's not enough money for that. Um, and so what has been happening in Orange County is, I mean, our list has increased, um, I don't even know, I couldn't even guess. We're at approximately 97, um, agencies here in Orange County that have at one time assisted us with providing some type of direct service to a human trafficking client. Outstanding. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, I mean, you know, now we have the OCTA, I mean, people, people and agencies that wouldn't have occurred to us be to be a natural fit. But now, you know, we have employment agencies and uh, um, nonprofits who provide um, job training. I mean, clearly, CSP is not um, equipped and trained, nor do we have the expertise to provide uh, job training and, you know, employment searches, we, we do crisis intervention and case management, you know, and access uh, resources this helping them put together a resume is not you know within our expertise certainly hasn't stopped us from doing it but, <laughs> but it's not our expertise so being able to go to another agency here in the county and say you know this is what we do can you help us find a way to to get us to be able to help each other and then formally document that you know so not only just 
hey, can you help me build a resume for a, for a client? But, you know, we do that and then we create, you know, operational agreements or, or memorandums of understanding so that CSP's leadership and that job training location's leadership can formalize and say, yes, you know, we as an entity agree to provide this type of service. And in that, we agree to be educated on human trafficking so that we're, you know, providing sensitive services. Um, you know, and they know that their job training expertise is, is great, but they also need to know a little bit about trauma and, you know, and do mm. some trigger training so that they're not, you know, um, causing some sort of reaction with our clients. And uh, they sign that paper and formally agree so to do that. Talk for a second about what's on that paper. What's in that memorandum of understanding? Well, we, we, on the actual, we have a general memorandum of understanding that people can actually access um, on our website. But we also have, we will also create individualized memorandum of understanding when applicable. So the MOU is typically states the mission of the task force so that everybody understands this is a victim-centered approach. You, you do not have to have a victim-centered approach in your particular agency, but if you're going to work with us, you do. So there's sort of this agreement that if we're going to work together, we all agree that the victim-centered approach is the most effective and the most efficient way to, to do the work. So it's stated on there. It also states some parameters about, you know, needing to be trained. Like you agree that as a service provider, you will be trained on some of the basic issues of human trafficking so that you and your staff are prepared to provide those services to our clientele. Um, and we will articulate what we are able to do. You know, it doesn't have to go one way. If this job training entity for, that I'm using as an example, if they come across someone and they're just everyday regular work that is a potential victim of a crime, a potential human trafficking victim, then that agency knows the protocol on how to access us, how we can provide services. They can certainly refer to us. It doesn't have to just go the other way. So it's this really uh, a mutual document to share that we both agree to be trained um, to know what each other can and cannot do. And it also states in there that if either of the agencies are not able to fulfill these requirements or maintain these requirements, then we can end that memorandum of understanding. Sometimes administrations change or um, agencies' um, priorities change. And we have certainly had to contact um, a partner and just respectfully um, request the conclusion of the MOU because they're either opted not to do a victim-centered approach or they're feeling like um, they need to go in a different uh, a, a different path. Um, and we actually had that recently, and that particular organization is still a quote partner with us in the sense that um, they hand out the hotline number. Um, they know what the proper protocol is. So they didn't want to exclude themselves completely, but they just understood that the way their entity was working didn't quite fit the victim-centered approach that we were doing. And they were very understanding and they totally respected um, our request to, for them to um, continue to do their own work um, and to give us a call if they identified a victim and we would step in and do what, we're, what, you know, what our expertise lies in. That's what I really appreciate about this story. We didn't get to having a giant wrap around on a bus because <laughs> somebody had a great idea and they raised some money. This has been 10 years in the process. 
The mm-hmm. task force um, sort of began in 2004, and then there was funding, and then there was um, official federal support. But it was always based on the victim assistance program that um, established the foundation for how we treat victims and establishing those agreements for collaboration, built a strong task force, and having the coordinated um, leadership of CSP, I think is why it's still in existence. And I'm really proud to have been part of the history of that. And I celebrate Be the One in more than just, um, this is a great launch of a campaign, but it's also... Um, uh, evidence that doing it the long, slow, hard way, building those partnerships, those collaborative models, is the way that we will end human trafficking. Absolutely, absolutely. And our time is goes by so fast. Lita, you know so much. We're going to have to have you come back and talk about a few other things, like, for instance, some of the um, victim-centered approach Um, lessons and models for best practice that you've learned over the last 10 years. And so, but right now we just want to thank you. We'll put links on the show notes to CSP, to the OCHumanTrafficking.org, the task force website, and to the OCTA.net rescue website with Be The One. Wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me and providing this opportunity to share. And I'd like to thank Lita as well for her time and expertise. Sandy, I didn't even jump in on the conversation here because I was just so captivated by the great work that's been done here in Orange County to help us all work collaboratively in this. And it's just so impressive to see that. And it's, it's so exciting. Well, if you have any questions today, contact us at gcwj at vanguard.edu. Or you you can reach us by phone, 714-966-6360. And the GCWJ is also, you can get there on your internet browser, gcwj.vanguard.edu. And that stands for the Global Center for Women and Justice here at Vanguard University in Costa Mesa, California. Have a great two weeks, everyone. And uh, Sandy, see you in two weeks. All right. Thanks, Dave.